Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Colony Drop, a Gundam podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Isaac. This is your favorite Gundam podcast, where we talk about anything and everything that's related to Gundam. So that could be music, Gundam fashion, which we really haven't talked about yet. (laughs) (laughs) Series, music, lore, Gunpla, and, of course, concepts straight from the minds at Sunset Studios. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that right, Brian? That's right. And sometimes we have such a great idea that it just warrants its own episode. And I think today is one of those episodes, Isaac. And I just want to point out that I think this is going to be, I mean, we obviously haven't uploaded it yet while we're recording this, but I think this is going to be our episode 100, Isaac. Wow. So, well, maybe the Tamino-san episode was supposed to be episode 100. This is just how it worked out. So tonight, listeners, (laughs) we are going to talk about Isaac's idea for what? Explain to us, Isaac. This is something that, in a way, has to be a shared idea. And by that, I mean, it was in Tamino's mind. It was in your mind. It's in my mind. And it's in the minds of millions and millions of Gundam slash wrestling fans. (laughs) There's like a Venn diagram, right? This, this is the point where the Venn, the Venn diagram pops up. <laughs> was that an intentional millions and millions pun? Oh, of, oh, of course it was. Of course. That's, <laughs> okay, that's for good. the millennial wrestling fans. And of course, obviously what I'm talking about is a concept that Brian and I have baked in our brains called G-Wrestler. Gundam Wrestler. <laughs> Brian, this is exactly what it sounds like. Gundam's doing American style, well, I guess even Japanese style, professional wrestling with all the uh, the cinematics, the bells and whistles, the over-the-top stunts and characters, performances, storylines, drama, hijinks, and an adventure that comes along with it. Definitely. And you know what? I think we probably talked about something like G-Wrestler, maybe. like We had the idea for this episode maybe, I don't know, 50 episodes ago, right? But we probably. hadn't really talked about it in a while. Yeah. But to your point, this was in Tamino's mind. And yeah. uh, what, what Isaac's talking about right there is when, when I was doing some research, I came upon the wonderful fan site for Turn A Gundam, which is called Sukinomayu.com. I believe that's the name of uh, that ending song, which I really like, Isaac. Yeah, yeah. This fan site is wonderful. Um, the person who runs it has a lot of good blog posts and, and just background info that you really can't find anywhere else. And in it, he has this paragraph, and I'm just going to read it. This is from the article called The History and Production of Turn A Gundam Part 1, Victory Gundam and Battling Depression. <laughs> Halfway into Victory Gundam's run, Sunrise executives approached Tamino about the next Gundam title. They had no choice but to continue the franchise due to sponsor demands and TV ratings. However, Tamino had no interest in carrying on with directing duties and declined to be involved in the planning process, believing that the franchise's decorated history was coming to an end. His motivation was at an all-time low. Instead, he recommended his protege, Yasuhiro Imagawa, to be the new face of Gundam. He valued Imagawa's free-spirited directing style and wanted him to make something with wrestling-like elements, Isaac. He figured Imagawa could breathe new life into the franchise. This would eventually lead to the creation of G-Gundam. It's long been rumored that Tomino himself has unoff- was unofficially involved in an advisory role of sorts, but I haven't come across anything to validate these claims. So, Isaac, this means that our pal, Tomino-san, I think he would green-like G-Wrestler. I mean, all evidence points to yes, right? In a way, this is what G-Fighter should have been before. I assume some producers, you know, and executives got in the way and said, look, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat are selling like hotcakes. We, we can't do a wrestling <laughs> game. Just, just make them fighters, but they're in like, you know, kind of martial arts fighting. <laughs> 
Yeah, who knows why they ended up, you know, turning it over from wrestling to uh, to act, you know, mobile yeah. fighting or whatever you'd like to call it. But but I I think there's a litany of reasons why this this could work, Isaac. Um, so I I don't know how you did, how did you focus your uh, notes for tonight. I mean, I came up with some ideas of why this should be done, and then some uh-huh. a few ideas of what you'd actually do in in the uh, in the series. I I put how I would envision in very broad strokes how I would envision it playing out as an actual series. What it would be like types of uh, kind of storylines and angles and characters. I didn't create names or anything like that or specific types of gimmicks or, or mobile suits or Gundams themselves, but um, I definitely created more of a, an overview, I guess you could say, a setting. Got it. Okay. So why don't I run through my reasons for why oh, we should do this? Please do. Absolutely. And then you can give us your, your outline for the series and then I'll, I'll add on my uh, a smaller outline afterwards. Brian, I'm strapped in and I've stapled my eyeballs <laughs> open to watch everything that you say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in terms of like why we should do this, Isaac, I think G Wrestler would be a hit for a number of reasons. These are in no, no particular order here. Number one, I think it's time for another fun, hot-blooded Gundam show. Iron-Blooded Orphans and Witch from Mercury are fairly serious takes on the genre let alone hathaway i mean hathaway is like stone cold serious right well yeah so i think the next series should maybe shake it up a bit and go back a little bit and be more fun like g gundam was you know i think the build fighters series were pretty fun but that's maybe a little too self-referential up to a certain point so i think it's time that if we if we go down another alternate universe for the next show i think i would like something more fun and i think g wrestler is just what the doctor has ordered for that because it would allow for like outlandish designs that we haven't seen since G Gundam. And this is what I'm talking about with Build Fighters. Build Fighters, you get a lot of crazy designs, but it's all a big self-referential circle, right? Right. We've had four Build shows now. And not to say they're, they're not good, because I, I really like the first two. I've heard really good things about the Divers shows. But at some point, you, you self-reference yourself out of ideas. You can only reference yourself so many times. I, I, was, I think I've mentioned this on another podcast that we did, Isaac, but uh, I was listening to Jonathan Hickman. He's a really famous uh, comic writer. He, he, he started the, the latest X-Men event. He's done a lot of different things. But he was at a Marvel panel, and, and uh, I think it was at a Marvel... No, it might have been some other panel. It might have been like just a, a general talent panel. I forget what the exact topic was, but he was describing why he liked... I think, doing non-Marvel things. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, the Marvel universe has f***ed itself so many times that it, you can't unf*** it anymore. And, like, that's... If you do Build Fighters too much, you know, how many times can you make the same show about models of your own stuff? And so I think we... You know, G Gundam was fun because it allowed you freedom to make all these weird designs that you would never make, right? Like the Windmill Gundam and, and Tequila Gundam. And it would be fun to have those designs again, I, I think. So... So other reasons why we should do this show, Isaac, is the audience for this show is already built in, in both the U.S. and Japan, because Japan has a big history of wrestling promotions, with New Japan Pro Wrestling being the biggest, as far as I'm aware. And obviously in the U.S., you know, we've had uh, World Wrestling Federation slash Entertainment, we've had WCW, now we have AEW and TNA. So the audience is already there for the crossover. So I think there's a big crossover in wrestling fans and anime fans, Isaac. Not completely, but I feel like there's a good chunk of people that, that might be into have some interest in both. You're right. There there is gonna be an overlap because at their base level, they're just so similar in so many ways, right? So much action and excitement and almost always fighting, just the variety of characters, storylines. They're they hit a lot of the same beats, even if they're visually so different. 
you know, in some ways right. are very similar at the same time. It's, it's kind of a sort of a conundrum saying it, but that's just how it is. And it's just so ripe for being done well and in an exciting way. Kind of going back to what you said, though, about uh, Build Fighters, we do enjoy the series and appreciate the kind of fun element of, you know, oh, what if you could just use your model as like a, essentially a, an element in a video game, which is great and all. But um, I feel like what kind of isn't included in that is uh, some of the more, I guess, exciting type drama that we've known in wrestling. And even if you're not a fan of wrestling, you've probably seen memes, you've probably seen some <laughs> clips on YouTube. So you absolutely know it's this over the top, a wild, very uh, exciting, showy type of entertainment. And that combined with Gundams and done in a, a, a somewhat light, not, uh, maybe tongue-in-cheek almost series, uh, I think would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Wrestling is a, you know, love it or hate it, it is a form of entertainment that wears itself on on its sleeve. The whole thing is not necessarily tongue-in-cheek, but it's very, it knows exactly what it is and it's not ashamed to admit it i think that tone would work for this for this show so one other thing i was thinking of isaac is if you look at when g gundam came out in 1994 1995 and if, if they were thinking about making a g wrestler show back then like if they wanted to incorporate wrestling elements wrestling has only gotten bigger and there's been so many more memorable wrestling moments since 1994 that they could riff off of that the thought of making this show has to make so much more sense now than it did back then. And they already wanted to make it back then. So ju- just off the top of my head, because I don't watch wrestling religiously anymore. I'll read a few news articles here and there, but I haven't watched right. wrestling in a lo- very long time. But wrestling sticks with you once you're a fan for five, ten years or something like that. Since 1994, here's a list of things that I thought in like 30 seconds that have happened. The HBK and Bret Hart feud only got bigger, culminating in the Montreal Screwjob. You had the rise of Stone Cold, The Rock. You had famous stables like Degeneration X, NWO, plus all the ones that came after them in the later 2000s. You had the rise of ECW, Isaac, in the hardcore match. You had tables, ladders, and chairs matches, Hell in a Cell, Buried Alive matches, casket matches. You could riff off all those in this show. <laughs> since, since 94, we've also seen the Monday Night Wars, which was you know when WWF and WCW were going head-to-head, culminating in WWF slash WWE, you know, buying WCW and combining the, the promotions. You had the rise of people like Brock Lesnar, John Cena, CM Punk, now Roman Reigns is on top of the world. Uh, then you had the rise of more new promotions, AEW, and then stars moving between promotions as time goes on. CM Punk, Chris Jericho. Uh, you could even throw a steroid angle in the show, Isaac. You know, I don't <laughs> think that the steroid stuff had been really resolved back in, in 1994. Um, people thought things, but maybe they didn't really know for sure, right? Wow, I didn't even think of that. That was not on my bingo card. <laughs> Uh, you could even get participation from some wrestling talent to do some guest voice work for the show oh you better i think that'd be hilarious right if like stone cold was doing a character on your on your show that would be hilarious (laughs) and people would love it he'd be like a a slate cold (laughs) gundam (laughs) (laughs) yeah rattlesnake gundam you know and then also isaac when i look at wrestling now versus 20 years ago or even especially back in 94 is the rise of the women's division and, you know, because one criticism of this show maybe someone would have is, oh, well, you know, all the women that you bring in from Witch from Mercury aren't going to want to watch a wrestling show. And that, that could be true. But, the, but women's wrestling is really big now and people really enjoy it. There's so much more time devoted to the women's division than there used to be. 
you could put a women division in this show and still try to draw the female crowd. I, I think it could work. You know, like for example, I really liked Alan B from G Gundam, and you could have a whole division of Alan Bs, right? So I think it could be done. I think it could be fun. Definitely, yeah. It's just it's ripe for the picking. You could, depending on how this is done, do just so many homages to events and characters, personalities, and the types of situations they get themselves in. It would just be just so much fun, I think. And it it would be um, something definitely new for Gundam. And that's something that I think all Gundam fans would uh, enjoy seeing and at least viewing as interesting. All right, Isaac, lay your outline on us. How do you envision this show working? Take us to the world, that kind of stuff. Okay. As you no doubt are aware, listeners, Gundam shows almost always go. uh, We got the good guy faction fighting the uh, pretty clearly evil faction. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time they're space fascists versus, you know, sort of a democracy that probably doesn't work that well. (laughs) And um, they go at it, right? teenager falls into a cockpit of the Gundam and then the story begins and you know eventually the monoids lose that's generally how the shows always go this would be a very stark difference our sort of protagonist maybe the Amuro would be a mobile pilot that is trying out to become a participant on the show He'd be piloting a Gundam that's a character in the show. He's got to work his way up. And that's what this journey is going to be like. In the background and behind the scenes, he'll see that uh, the heels maybe are some of the nicest people. And the uh, the faces are maybe sometimes some of the most arrogant and backstabbing people in the companies. Which, of course, would be called the Gundam Wrestling Federation. <laughs> and uh, the stories themselves, I feel like, would almost go back and forth between the viewer experience and then the pilot experience. There's some viewers of the show that are maybe uh, take it too seriously. We could probably do an homage to the guy that said, it's still real to me, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's a fan that uh, builds his own Gundam and decides to crash an event because it's real <laughs> to him, so he wants to fight. Uh, there could also be fans that uh, maybe maybe are just too aggressive or, or somehow insulting and cause their own bits of drama behind the scenes. And of course, there's always the issues with management and storylines, who should end up winning a belt, maybe matches go wrong. But of course, everything that we've seen in our world is going to be transported into a Gundam setting. So yes, there'd absolutely be beam cages and uh, these sort of uh, mechanized tables, ladders, and chairs. It'd be a variety of different Gundams, different mobile soups like Monoize, all fighting and watching. And, well, not watching, because the audience are humans, actually. This isn't really going to be like the <laughs> SD Gundam. But um, a variety of different mobile suits and personalities. Some homages, maybe like a Black Tristars, like to put people through tables or something with a jet stream attack or a jet table attack, something like that. It'd be very much a, a twisting of the drama behind the scenes of the company, the workings, and then, of course, the show that's actually shown to the audience and the audience's uh, reaction to it for better or worse. So, Isaac, how do you envision this actually working in terms of, like, piloting? Are we using the mobile trace system again from G Gundam? Are we using something similar? On the one hand, I feel like the trace system would be kind of dynamic and and really kind of uh, be a nod to G-Fighter, which really cemented this as being somewhat possible. But at the same time, I also feel like, well, it, it almost makes less of a difference between the two. Uh, it could just as easily be done with like mechanized cockpits. And at that point, it becomes a sort of a skill issue. 
say what you will about G Fighter, but th- there were times where it did get almost a little magical with some of the stuff that was happening in the cockpit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, the whole show is magic. I mean, let's be honest. Right. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I mean, no. Yeah. So removing that element and the the more kind of martial arts elements that that show carried with it at its core as a fighting game pretty much with Gundam you by going to like a mechanized normal cockpit you put it back into the point of view of being okay this is all a performance this is a show right we're not channeling chi or anything like that or the power of love <laughs> we're just we're, <laughs> this is a business we're putting on a show with giant robots and we have millions of viewers that's it Got it. Okay. Here's my twist on this. Uh-oh. I figured you had to use something like the mobile trace. Uh-huh. Well, first I had to decide whether this was going to take place in the same, like, future century as, as G-Fighter, just maybe in a... Oh, wow. Like, far enough ahead in the timeline where maybe the Gundam fight had been abolished and they had it just been replaced with entertainment. Oh, okay. To, you know, just to kind of keep it going. That's a good evolution. But what if we use the mobile trace system and it was sort of a take on... You know the real world because maybe listeners if you're not familiar with wrestling but wrestling is fake in the sense that you know the storylines are predetermined and and who wins and who loses is predetermined it's all sort of a show but what if in this show they interface with the trace system but maybe they get power or they can power up based on charisma being received from the crowd this is kind of what they do in <laughs> a lot of wrestling video games and i i think that could be fun in terms of like it would show who really is getting their gimmick over are they really convincing the crowd then their Gundam powers up and, you know, into a, into a better mode or something? So I don't know. That, that was my way to still use the mobile trace system, but like differentiate it from the, the one that was used in G Gundam. So Brian, that's pretty brilliant. Like, do you envision like the face having sort of a chair meter almost? And then the, the heels yes. having like a yes. boom meter? <laughs> yes. Yes. And once it reaches a certain point, then, you know, they can enter their ultimate mode or they get their, they can do their finisher or, or something like that. And so like that controls when they can win or lose the match is like, you know, they have to like meet their charisma threshold. And if you've ever played a lot of wrestling games like this, this kind of works. I think the old ones for Nintendo 64, they were big on that. Like you could pump the crowd up and they would give you like, that was how you would get to your, be able to use your finisher. Um, you had oh. to get like taunt and things like that. You know, and that that would open up a lot of story things for you to do. You know, maybe the baby face is just going through a, a phase where he just can't get the crowd on his side and he's just not going well or, you know, the heels <laughs> turns into a face or something like that. He just, they won't boo him and instead they cheer him and stuff like that. So, so I agree. Mechanized <laughs> cockpit could work. And I take it when you envision this, Isaac, you're, you're setting this in a new, completely new timeline, right? Yeah, I would almost make it the opposite of almost every timeline we've seen where humanity's on Earth, they're in colonies, they're probably throughout the solar system, and guess what? Everything's at peace. (laughs) There's no wars or anything like that. So people are just kind of enjoying entertainment, going about their lives, and this is just kind of the drama of their lives. This is another show. It's a bright future, and this is a going to be a, a slice of life over 50 episodes or so of uh, Gundam Wrestling Federation. Yeah, I think that could be an alternate good ending for one of the timelines, right? Like you could set it yeah. far in the future where to your point, humanity still is in space. They're still in colonies, but there is no war. Maybe they actually resolved their conflicts, unlike basically what we see in every timeline. Absolutely. And that instead of like getting rid of their Gundams, as our five heroes did in uh the after colony century foolishly by launching them into the sun they uh they they kept them around and turned them into a means of entertainment so i think that would be a good way to flip the dreary outlook uh for most of the series on its head 
yeah. and say, hey, we actually solved it in this world, and 200 years later, we just like watching Gundam Wrestling for entertainment. And what's good about that, too, from a mechanic's point of view for the story is we won't get a scene of footage or some news story about a war in some colony or planet or something like that, and then the inevitable question arises, well, why aren't they using mobile suits to go fight or... You know, why, why is <laughs> right. this series yeah. about that? You know, instead we just say, no, no, no. This takes place during a stable century. <laughs> yeah, that's all you really need to know. Yeah, you could even, I don't know, maybe even lampshade it like uh, somebody makes a joke like, oh, yeah, you know, didn't you fail your history class or something? It's like, yeah, I, I got all the questions wrong about the Xeon War a thousand years ago. <laughs> something like that. So it's, it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, a lot of stuff is in the rearview mirror and humanity really did manage to pull it off. Yeah, because to your point, I think this show should, instead of focusing on any sort of war, I don't think we should see that at all. I think it should be more like a day-to-day, behind-the-scenes wrestling business story of our hero, you know, ascending through the ranks of whatever promotion he's in, trying to win the world title, basically. Like, the way I envisioned it is you have our, our protagonist, and he starts out by winning, you know, the some lower title we'll call the uh, intercontinental title and then maybe he he wins the tag team title you know and then he finally gets his world title shot and like you know that's maybe how the series ends is he he wins the world title at the equivalent of wrestlemania you know in the gundam wrestling federation and then you you get all his backstage you know antics uh, along the way to your point because you know in real life they're not really enemies behind the stage right some of the heels might be the nicest people and by the way for listeners who don't know I guess if you never watch wrestling, there are certain terms that we're using here. Face or baby face means good guy. Heel means like the bad guy that you're supposed to boo. Angle is like a storyline. Gimmick is like your, you know, your character sort of thing. So I think that would be much more interesting. It's almost like a wrestling show with Gundams. Absolutely. That's how it should be. And in a way, this would be, since there's no combat or war, it would essentially be a drama. And I don't, want people to kind of roll their eyes when they hear that word but instead i want them to think okay think of like the great intrigue and plotting and uh, character development that could happen between you know people working at a business that's trying to put on a show great entertainment some of the backstabbing some new alliances being formed (laughs) some people being mentors some people being you know just awful people to work with the management and leadership having their own goals and plans a lot of convincing that needs to happen so certain you know wrestlers can maybe uh, move up the ranks and other ones end up you know being dropped off or losing a spot and of course drama sometimes with the fans that could throw wrenches into the works or uh, maybe end up being uh, really good and useful and helpful. There's just so many different ways this whole series could go. I'd, I'd almost want to start it earlier, Brian, than, than the guy winning, uh, the, the main character. I say guy, but I guess it could be a woman. Um, the the yep. main character being uh, a, a winner of a low-level event. I'd almost want it to be like New Wrestler Day Zero, you know, almost like a Hajime no Ippo fighting spirit where... Yep. This person's new. They need to learn how to throw a punch in episode one, you know, and from right. there it's about learning the fundamentals. Who knows how many seasons this would go on, but the fundamentals <laughs> and, you know, oh, working the crowd. Yeah. Like yeah. Epo has been running for like 30 years. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but my point mainly is that it starts at zero and then it builds up to like a belt. Right. So yep. I, I would want that kind of course to go, you know, and maybe after like the earth belt, then it becomes, oh, well, the earth was one thing, but now you got to, you know, do you want to join a team and start working on the, the 
the tag team belts or do you want to start you oh, know, yeah. working on the earth sphere belt and you know of course what's the goal it's the, the system belt oh that's the peak one the system belt <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's about uh, all that and getting management's eye building your own persona and all that and meeting the fans and and yeah it's uh, there's so many ways this could go and of course the commentators would be an excellent excellent piece for those of you not familiar with the commentators from wrestling uh, well, Brian, why don't you do the honors of uh, explaining the importance of commentators and how great they can be? Absolutely. I would say commentators slash announcers are maybe responsible for half or more of your emotional response to watching wrestling. If you have boring announcers and commentators, it's not going to be as fun to watch. And so they do two things. There's usually a what we call the play-by-play guy, play-by-play announcer, and then the color commentary. And this is true in in sports, too. You know, generally you could say that one person is play-by-play and one person is is color. But in wrestling, you know, the the play-by-play is giving you a play-by-play of what's happening in the match, but in a way that's engaging. And it builds your excitement for the match. You have to tell it in a way that you're telling a story that's headed from a beginning to an end, and you have to know when to increase intensity and when to, you know, react in a certain way to, to tell that story, because that's what wrestling is. It, it's, it's a form of entertainment. It's a form of storytelling. Uh, and then you have your color commentary, who's like the funny guy that adds comments interspersed into the what the play-by-play person is doing. So you have to have a duo that is very good at working together. And obviously that, that has happened throughout the years in wrestling. Isaac and I's favorite happens to be on play-by-play is Jim Ross, a.k.a. J.R., and then the color commentator was Jerry the King Lawler. And they were probably, they were the, the, the announced team on WWF's uh, Raw, Monday Night Raw, during the Attitude Era. They were firing on all cylinders during those years. They reunited a few times after that. I, I, they both left and joined rejoined the company various times. I don't think they've worked together too recently, but I think now Michael Cole is probably the main announcer. There's been a, a variety of other announcers. Everyone has their own you know, favorites. Some people really liked when... Vince McMahon did announcing back in the day. There was a uh, Gorilla Monsoon. You know, he was obviously a wrestler too. But everyone's gonna have their favorite announcers. But ours, you'll hear us make jokes about Jim Ross or Jr. And he, you know, he's the guy that says slobber knocker. By God, he's dead. Can you give us some Jr. Isaac? I know you love oh, to do God. your Jr. <laughs> Good God Almighty, that killed him. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> that'll stop your heart. <laughs> God is my witness. He is broken in half. <laughs> <laughs> JR is the best. There's so much that's good about him. He is. Yeah. Oh God. If this series was somehow done, they have to invite him back to do the voice of like a character that's essentially himself. I would hope so. I would hope I would yeah. hope you would invite everyone in just the hopes that you get two or three of them to you know to come in and, and do do some work. Oh God, are you kidding? Like it, it would be such a, a brilliant business crossover because now both both audiences can cross over to each other and I, I see the businesses winning no matter what, right? What's the opportunity cost of doing a voiceover? Almost nothing, right? So just do it. <laughs> totally agree, because then both fandoms would want to buy the same merchandise. I think it would be a win-win for, for everyone. Yeah. But So obviously we should mention here, like I didn't make like a whole bunch of names or anything, but no. for the announcers, you have to call the one announcer Jim Ross, but you have to spell it G.M. Ross, like the Jim from Gundam. Like it just, it, you so have brilliant. to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> I was trying to think of other things. So like there was a wrestler from ECW who came to WWE. His name was Taz. He was famous for doing suplex. He became a color commentator later in his career. 
with Michael Cole, you could, instead of calling him Taz, you could call him, like, it could be a pilot of a full armor double Zeta Gundam, which everyone calls the Faz, right? <laughs> he could be a retired Faz pilot. That would that could be kind of funny. It's black and orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it walks out with a towel on its head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gundam towel, you know, it keeps him uh, hydrated. It's a beam towel. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if you had any other puns, but uh, the number one thing is you, your announcer has to be Jim Ross but spelled like Jim. You can't even green light the show unless we agree on that point, I think. Absolutely. My my idea for the name was worse. I just swapped letters, but Ryan's is brilliant. Uh, so another thing, Isaac, that, you know, this wasn't really a thing back in 94 when they were doing G-Gun, but since then, Vince McMahon has become one of the greatest antagonists in pro wrestling history. You have to have your equivalent to Vince McMahon in this show. Of course. I was thinking it would be funny if he was the president or a stand-in for the president of Bandai Namco, because, you know, they were always the one giving Tomino-san crap during production. It would be funny <laughs> if then they took on the antagonist role in, in G-Wrestler. What do, you, what do you think about having, or just in general, we have to have that corporate, like, antagonist, right? Of course, yeah. What was great with that in wrestling, and I guess in the Gundam setting, too, would be um, just the different power dynamic. Like, who could have more power as a villain or just an individual than the person that owns the business and that you work for? Absolutely. It, it has its own meta level of a threat. Like, the other wrestlers, the other Gundam pilots and Gundams, they might be able to defeat you or outperform you, scripted or unscripted. But only the boss can fire you or just completely derail you at, like, a moment's notice. So that right. that type of tyranny, that that's going to be sort of the, in a way, the stand-in for the space fascism. <laughs> Yeah, he'll probably even have his own faction. That's like uh, the kind of the regime. Yeah, maybe they'll like literally call himself the space fascist since they can be so open about <laughs> it, right? Yeah, it'll be about stopping him and like the the wrestlers that are aligned to him, which are almost always Bono eyes or or the Sinister Gundams, right? <laughs> Yeah, and I think it would be so, to your point, I think it would be so meta to have Bandai slash Namco slash Sunrise, whatever you want to call them, take on the role of the antagonist because it would be a wink to the fandom that they know that they've been portrayed either fairly or unfairly as <laughs> as like the bad guy in, for, so, you know, for so many years in, in, in stories and, you know, hearsay. You could even have like whoever the president is at the time, like the character could be based on that person. I think it would be hilarious. Along the same lines, Isaac, you know who's an unsung hero in wrestling are the referees. And ah. I think it would be hilarious if you've watched any sort of wrestling promotion, there's always like the head referee. And for the longest time in WWE, that was Earl Hebner. In our show, I think it would be hilarious if in G Wrestler, the top referee was Tamino-san. And it could be like a long running, slow building theme where he eventually interferes in a match. And, in, uh, you know, it'd be a fun way to get him in there in a recurring role that's not completely driving the story but it'd be fun to have him in there as a background character well yeah that would be pretty brilliant how, how do you envision a referee mobile suit looking like is tomino honored with his own gundam ironically it'd be more colored like how he he, how he wanted the gundam to be right? it'd be almost <laughs> white, all white, white black, except for yeah. like black stripes <laughs> yep exactly do you imagine it to be like a giant horror that's that's mobile suit sized <laughs> I know I imagine it kind of just how refs are in the real world. You know, they're a little okay. probably they're a little bit smaller than the than the wrestlers cuz they're not on steroids and they they don't work out all the time, but of course. I think he would be in a smaller Gundam that's you know painted like a referee, whether you like referees that have the black and white with the stripes or or with the blue shirts or, or whatever. I think it would be sort of this referee looking 
you know, Gundam, exactly what you'd think of when you, when you hear the term referee Gundam. And he'd have a little, he would make his little hand gestures and call for the bell and, you know, raise their hand when they win and then that kind of thing. You have to have the ref in there as he could do the three counts when they, when they pin each other, right? Yeah, we need someone there as part of the dynamic, right? Is someone kicking out? You could even have some of those situations where clearly the count was wrong and like the match ended anyway. <laughs> And if it was Tamino-san, or you could do it with anyone who's like notable in Gundam, you know, whether it's an actual character or a person, but like the Tamino referee, he could wear the Tamino glasses. So anything to kind of make it a little funny, because to, to your point, the whole show has a little bit of a tone of tongue in cheek, right? Yeah, it can definitely be self-referential, not taking itself seriously all the time. For all we know, most of the serious stuff can happen fully behind the scenes, right? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. it's a lot of the drama is behind the scenes. And then also when it is out in the ring, it's about the characters not necessarily triumphing over each other because the whole thing is like staged, but it's it's sort of like winning the crowd over in a meaningful and convincing way. And that's what that's why I was bringing in the charisma meter, you know, to try to like be like, oh, my God, he's finally done it. And then he powers up and he delivers his finisher, and you know, and he, and he wins the match or whatever. So how do you see like a sort of a, a progression throughout a season? Like, would it be pretty much just the, the, the back the stage drama going on? Or let me narrow it down more. In a match, is it all prescripted? Or in a match, can it po- be possible where like uh, whatever they talked about before goes out the window because of the way the crowd's going? Or maybe one of them just wants to do a change. Like the, I don't know, the red, the red mobile suits decides to be vain and try to win <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> The way wrestling really works in, in real life is they don't necessarily script every moment of the match. They might they'll script certain what they call spots or uh-huh. they'll script maybe the finish. Um, but a lot of times they just one person is in charge of what we call what they call calling the match, and so the one person generally guides the match and says, "All right, you go do this, then I do this." While they're doing it, they don't necessarily do it all beforehand. So sometimes I'm sure they they do certain segments or sequences of the match. And if you're interested about this, you you can go listen to like, I mean, nowadays there's like a million podcasts and wrestlers talking about it, which they didn't really used to do back in the day. But Stone Cold talks about this all the time, about how he called a lot of matches because he was good at it. And, you know, certain people didn't call matches because they just didn't want to do it or, or whatnot. So I think going off script is a great, I mean, we probably see that all the time. And to your point that, you know, sometimes things go wrong in matches. Sometimes people get hurt. They have to do audibles i think there there would need to be an injury arc here isaac where maybe the the guy gets injured he can't he can't wrestle for a while he's got to deal with yeah. not being able to advance towards his goal you know when when the crowd back when he comes back do you do you lose your momentum when you're away for a while i mean those are all real world things that happen in wrestling right i mean if you go away in the wrestling world for three four five six months does the crowd remember you as much when you come back do they still like you you know things change and uh, that would be a great uh, a great arc here so yeah, I think we would see script changes uh, or going off script rather um, quite a few times for sure. Something to discuss that I feel like is mandatory, Brian. Hopefully it's a little bit in your notes at least. Every Gundam series, well, almost without fail, has had the Shard clone and, of course, his red mobile suit. Going with the theme of this series having no war and this all just being entertainment, I would almost want from episode one before the halfway point for the protagonist and white mask slash red mobile suit with you know the pilot of course wears like a a white luchador mask wrestling mask right (laughs) there you go sure yeah i would almost want them to be like friends from day one (laughs) like yes yes just just to show we're completely putting out the window the idea that they're going to hate each other that they're going to be enemies that's done they're going to get along for the entire series they might not necessarily always be you know on the same team or 
There might be right. times where they have to fight a match together against each other, but no matter what happens, they're always on friendly terms. The drama will be with uh, other people usually, but their their friendship is cemented. You know, it, it's almost as if Shar and Amuro got to do the friendship they never had. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think I agree with that. So this is like the about the extent of specifics that I got into, but it relates to exactly what you're talking about. In my head, I had two main characters. I had the good, I'll, I'll call it the good guy and the bad guy. In, in the sense of like who is the face and who is the heel. So the good guy is they he pilots the baby face Gundam and the bad guy pilots the heel Gundam and their base forms are just more basic looking Gundams that and then they have appearances that change over time as they adopt new gimmicks. And when I would say gimmicks, think of like think of Mick Foley, right? He you know he he had Mankind, he had Cactus Jack, he had Dude Love. So if your Gundam changes every time you change gimmicks, I think that would be funny, right, for the show. Plus it would it would be entertaining because you get to see new designs all the time. And so to your point, I don't think their conflict would be directly with each other, but it would be maybe for example that in if you're gonna make heel Gundam piloted by the Shark clone, which I think is uh, is an obvious move, like I think you have to do that if this is a Gundam show. Because like, what what is Shar famous for, and what is Amro not famous for? The main Gundam character, the main good guy, is he's never that charismatic, right? Shar is always charismatic. He is the charismatic one. That's part of his mystique and allure. That's why people rally around Shar. Whereas Amro is just a, a pilot in Londa Bell. So maybe the real triumph there for the babyface by the end of the show is that he finally wins the crowd over relative to the shark clone, right? Whose charisma is so much higher and so much more natural. Maybe it just comes natural to him because a lot of times, maybe the, you know, the most charismatic people in wrestling are the heels because you have to get someone to hate you and, and really hate you for a long period of time. You know, you could say all you want about triple H, but man, he's, he's great at getting you to hate him. Right from a from a wrestling right. perspective, so much so that heels sometimes have to be careful because if they if they win the crowd over too much, you don't want them to become the the babyface and outdo the babyface's reaction. Right, that's happened sometimes. You know, like when when Stone Cold became a heel for that period of time. Isaac, do you remember the what gimmick? Well, everyone loved the what gimmick, and the crowd's response to the what gimmick was a lot of times louder than whoever it was he was supposed to be, you know, feuding with that was supposedly the good guy. So to your point, I think they could be friends and that would be fine. The real conflict I think would be having our protagonist, the babyface, get over with the crowd, you know, and 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 achieve what he wants and, and and have the crowd cheer for him over the heel guy, which is, I guess, the shark clone. Yeah, that'd be almost its own training, you think? Or like, that's the ultimate end goal? I think that's the ultimate end goal by the end of the show. I, I even think that at some point they, they could be a tag team because there's been a lot of really successful tag teams that have been composed of people that didn't like each other on screen. For example, I'm pretty sure that Stone Cold and Triple H won the tag titles at some point. I believe that the Stone Cold and The Rock teamed up at some point. Do you remember the Rock and Sock connection, Isaac, when, when The Rock teamed up with Mankind? There's some potential there. That's how you get length out of this series, is you do those different types of matches, you do the different formats a little bit. To your point, you can start the show, you said day zero, he's at like basically wrestling training camp. I mean, there's a lot written about that, about how it's really hard to break into wrestling. You know, they have to go to these small promotions around the country and do these sort of, cra- not crappy shows, but very low attendance, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I think, I, to me, the, the show would culminate in winning the world title. Or, or huh. whatever the biggest title is, it, whether it's the system belt, you know, in, in your example. Because, like, winning at WrestleMania, that's the peak of wrestling, right? So whatever that is in this show, that, to me, is 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 the finale. 
Wow. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of making it more oriented towards uh, charisma and winning the crowd, uh, whichever way you have to, uh, evolving it that way as like a performer in this in this entertainment, uh, this Gundam entertainment. That's probably the good way to go about it. The belts are great and all, but at the end of the day, it's kind of half scripted. So yep. achieving the belt is a triumph, but being able to catapult yourself into a, like a superstar position, a household name position is is kind of even better for the, uh, the, the pilots to try to strive for. Yeah, so it's not necessarily winning the belt to your point because that's scripted. It's when you win the belt, how does the crowd react and so, like, the yeah. best example of this I can come up with is when Mick Foley uh, first won the world title. That's one of my favorite Monday Night Raws. I think there's clips of it on YouTube that you can go watch. It's probably the loudest I've ever heard a wrestling crowd respond. It was in a, uh, a match between Mick Foley, obviously, and The Rock. There was some interference by DX and uh, the corporation at the time, probably one of your favorite factions, Isaac, the corporation. <laughs> who was on the side of the rock and they they hurt mick foley and he was down dx was dealing with the corporation then stone cole came in and hit rock with a chair and mick foley won and mick foley's dream his childhood dream was to win the world title and so he already knew that he was going to win the world title that night so in a way his dream was accomplished because it's scripted but if he won the belt and no one cheered for him isaac i don't think he would feel very accomplished so it's the fact that everyone went Back bananas when he won and cheering for him like that's the moment that's the finale for this show is when you win the world title are you not only winning it but is the crowd on your side that'd be great yeah it almost is finale less because the stories can just continue and keep going but i can see that being a way to sort of say okay you've seen into this world you can guess what would happen to new pilots coming in or our current pilot aging and this is a gundam happy ending in a very happy universe and my god would it be entertaining <laughs> and that's the bottom line yeah. <laughs> so i totally agree i think i think it sh- they should do it so bandai namco sunrise whatever you guys are calling yourself these days or whoever the hell's in charge i think you should make g wrestler Isaac, what do you want to hear from the listeners? It, listeners, if you if you do you like G Wrestler? First of all, do you like wrestling, or is this like the dumbest yeah. idea that you ever heard of? Did you even like listen to the rest of this episode after like five minutes <laughs> in, and we decided it was about wrestling, or or like you know like what do you want to see in terms of gimmicks, or do you know what, tell us what you give us your feedback on G Wrestler here? You don't necessarily have to have seen wrestling even within the last last year last five years right but did you maybe watch it a bit when you were growing up and like can you kind of nod your head and agree with us that yeah with this with gundams kind of like g fighter was you know a fighting game with gundams this would probably work on 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 multiple levels yeah i'd like to see it well if you would why don't you tell us uh, kind of what your vision is, you know, with uh, different characters or gimmicks. Maybe you got your idea for a mobile suit or you got your idea for a cool little uh, arc of episodes. Uh, let us know. Gundam and wrestling, that that overlap. Let us know what you think, your thoughts, your concepts. I'm sure they're going to be great and exciting because, hey, this is absolutely uncharted territory for Gundam. Definitely. And last question for you, Isaac, and question for the listeners. What would your Gundam wrestling finisher be what real finisher would look good in gundam form like i think hbk's sweet chin music would be a sweet gundam finisher oh boy i'm trying to think oh okay oh so it's hard to pick one you know what i'm gonna go for like full acrobatics and go with like a jeff hardy style turnbuckle like moonsault okay just jumping going back flipping over with boosters and veneer thrusters and just slamming down in the center of the ring 
Yeah, that'd be pretty epic, I think, and have it set off like a sonic boom and shockwaves. <laughs> that, yeah, I agree. That'd be a cool one. That'd be a cool yeah. one. Okay, listeners, I want to know your finishers too. So give us give us your Gundam finisher and your thoughts on the show. And let's all hold hands and, and hope that Bandai Namco listens to us and they make a G-Wrestler someday. <laughs> so take us away, Isaac. In a universe, anything's possible. All right, listeners, <laughs> before you go to sleep tonight, stand next to your bed. Put your hands together. Get on your knees. Look up the ceiling. And hail Gundam wrestlers. Good night, everybody. I swear to God, that'll stop your heart. In God's name, can that human being be from this planet? How many? Does he have no conscience? Does he have no heart? Do you have no soul? You son of a... Do you realize what you've just done? Don't call his shaking hands to save himself. For the love of God, someone tell me.